Or are you listening to this podcast now? Settle in, grab a cuppa, it's all welcome. It's the Velasco Fitness Collective Podcast with James and Ellie. Hey team, welcome back. We are here again with Vicky. Vicky, how are you doing? Good, thank you, James. How are you? No, I'm very well, thank you. I'm fit and healthy, which is useful going into the topic that we're going to discuss today. Ellie, how are you feeling? Absolutely. Good. Excited about this podcast. Yeah, me too. So we are back today, team, to talk to you about winter wellness. Obviously, we are coming out of a couple of years worth of, um, I guess, let's, let's say sickness to an extent. Um, we are moving into winter where I think typically colds, flus are a little bit more common. So we are going to be talking to Vicky about how do we stay a little bit more on the healthy and the well side through this winter. Obviously, the nights are drawing in. It's a little bit darker. It's a little bit colder. We are on a trajectory towards Christmas. So we are all about keeping warm, staying healthy, those comfort foods, settling into settling into some winter eating. So I'm really looking forward to it as somebody that, you know, I'll have a... I'll dem- Maybe we can come on to this, Vicky. I'll generally have a cold almost religiously in February and like September, October, as the seasons are changing. So as somebody that will often be able to predict when I'm likely to get sick, actually knowing what I can do from a nutritional standpoint and and maybe a little bit more consciously um, to prevent that is, is actually something I'm quite looking forward to. So thank you again, as always, for giving up some of your time to share your very in-depth, based on your notes, knowledge of nutrition. I would quite like to start very um, British government with this podcast, if I may. We, <laughs> we've heard a lot the last kind of year or two of, um, you know, what the... World Health Organization are suggesting that we can do to keep ourselves safe. And we've, we've heard the phrase hands, face, space quite a lot. Should we start there? Yeah, absolutely. So the, there's sort of two sides to that hands, face, space. Obviously, you know, we're looking to um, be as hygienic as possible and ensure like we're trying to defend ourselves from any bugs that we could be infected with, for example, COVID-19. But if we think of it from a sort of a more biology based point of view, it's really worth thinking about our different types of immunity. So we actually have two types of immunity. Uh, Our innate immunity is our first line of defense. Um, And that's our physical barrier. So think skin, our respiratory system, digestive system, even reproductive systems and our eyes. So with those, they're creating these key physical barriers which is really important. That's where that hands face space comes from, um, really, because you're you're just building on that that immunity, that um, innate immunity uh, to to protect us, to be that sort of shield to protect us. But then the second um, line of defense, which we'll probably talk more about today, um, is our cell mediated Uh, mediated immunity or our adaptive immunity and that's when our immune system builds this incredible army of immune cells which are there to really fight those bugs fight those viruses and from my point of view that's where nutrition really plays um, a key role but that said just focusing on that hands face space um, you can build on that not only from you know just making sure you're washing your hands making sure you've got your face coverings and giving people lots of space. Also things like um, oral hygiene. So um, especially with winter bugs like um, colds and flus and even COVID, they're all respiratory um, viruses, bugs, um, which collect at the back of our throat. So by doing things like making sure we're cleaning our teeth, but also brushing our tongues and things like nasal washing or um, nasal flushing. You might have seen the little sprays that are available um, in your local pharmacy. Those can really help to just wash away any of those microbes that collect. Uh, And especially when you're getting, you know, if you start to feel like you're getting a cold, you're getting that little bit of a sore throat, that is a key time really to make sure you're, you're, 
cleansing that area so you can flush away any microbes. Nice. Okay. So we why why is it generally the winter where we start to suffer a little bit more with with stuff like that? Yeah, absolutely. So it's a change of season, uh, the weather changes, um, which creates an environment um, for uh, viruses and bacteria to thrive a little bit. So they don't actually like heat. Um, so there are, it, it is a better environment for them to grow, for them to spread. Um, our immune system doesn't do, do quite so well when we're cold. Um, and then also, if you think about not just the colds, but also the change in season. We've got less light, uh, so it's darker. Um, therefore, we are um, unable to make as much vitamin D. So uh, vitamin D is a vitamin which is really key to our immune health. Um, and we essentially make it ourselves by converting um, a pigment in our skin into vitamin D uh, which can really help boost our immune system so in the winter that reduces as well so you get those sort of combination of things. Nice. The world, the world becomes essentially a, a fridge for a, a petri dish of, of sickness. Absolutely! Nice, I sound, I sound increasingly intelligent when I say things like that. <laughs> um, okay cool, so we, we kind of know why and and the, the time of year that it becomes most relevant we, we we've got a little bit of an understanding of our two different immune systems how you, you described the second one as kind of building a bit of a uh, i guess a uh, an army to protect us i guess a, a little immunity army how what can i do to speed that up to make it more effective what are the what are the, the things i can start to think about yeah, absolutely. So we have this amazing army inside us. It's essentially built up of our white blood cells. Um, and the more we can help them to fight off um, foreign um, antigens, so that's those foreign invaders, um, the better we can defend ourselves, essentially. Um, so I really, I've, I've done some, like, some really basic ways of doing this. And to just be mindful of is things like yeah. actually if you are feeling unwell um if you've got a fever or a high temperature actually that's a really good sign that your body is 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 fighting something and it's hard at work so although it's not always that easy to just rest and let your body do its own thing um it's in an ideal world, what you do when you're actually at that stage um, is just to rest it out and let your let your army really come into play because there's a whole cascade. Um, think about this uh, domino effect um, of immune cells coming into play, building that army and really working hard to fight everything. Um, and that's when you get things like fever, when you get inflammation. Um, so that is your time to just really rest and don't try and battle through which is easier said than done and it's a reason why cold and flu capsules do so well um because we all live a really really busy life and we try to just battle on regardless um it's the same with paracetamol is often used to bring down fever and whereas there's you know essentially often a neat a case where where that is needed where possible if you can just really make sure you're resting take some time out um, from a hectic schedule from work let your body do um its thing so rick on on that then is the like you hear different bits and pieces what are the is it as simple as if you use paracetamol and ibuprofen too much your body becomes less effective of, at, at fighting sickness not necessarily there's a a very sort of intricate way paracetamol and ibuprofen work they both work in different pathways um but they can cause they can become not necessarily less effective but they can cause other issues in themselves yeah. um so it's best to really use them when really required uh, or as per a medical professional's um, recommendations, not just use them as almost a daily supplement, uh, which is does get 
you know, more and more common actually as people start to deal with things like chronic pain and chronic illness. Yeah. Uh, they should, yeah, be used for, for um, yeah, that, that purpose. To be honest, um, whenever there's, um, whenever I've got like a little niggle or something going on, I, you know, I know I've got a bit of inflammation in a joint or a tendon or anything like that. I'm, I'm probably a little bit guilty of just defaulting to ibuprofen. Um, are there any kind of natural alternative? Like, is there, is there anything that I could maybe switch to that isn't ibuprofen that will bring That up? is a fabulous question, James. <laughs> yeah, there is. So um, the actual like biological pathway, uh, Ellie and I are having a joke about biology before, <laughs> that um, ibuprofen uses or works through is, is the same essentially as um, the natural um, compound in turmeric. So turmeric, that bright yellow spice, its active um, compound is called uh, curcumin. That said, there's about a thousand, like there's more and more studies coming out on turmeric about how the whole whole um, plant is useful, but it follows exact, um, a, the same pathway as ibuprofen, so it has the same result. Um, so you could, turmeric is a supplement that actually would be a good one, especially if you're training because of the role in reducing inflammation um, to actually take as a daily supplement and also making sure you're getting plenty of turmeric into your diet as well. So, uh, so I asked that question very specifically because I am very guilty of switching to ibuprofen and Ellie's been preaching at me for weeks slash months about supplementing with turmeric instead of using ibuprofen. Um, so you can buy them as a supplement from any, you know, like my protein and any of those other places, which I now have done. And I start my day with turmeric and collagen to just try and limit the effects of my joints and my you know my training on all my joints and tendons and stuff so I thought you'd be proud of me I am proud of you I think the other thing to go into and I'm not going to go into this in depth but yeah overuse of of ibuprofen or paracetamol can have effects on our digestive system or negative effects on our digestive system that makes us work like makes it work less effectively it can also overload our livers so reducing our capacity to detoxify and get rid of waste get rid of bugs um, so the more you can come away from that and use beneficial um, natural uh, products with without any side effects the better is there this this might be a bit of a dumb question is there you you talked about like when we're getting a fever how do we tell whether or not like we're just a bit because i i run hot a lot of the time right how do i how do i know whether i'm actually coming down with a fever without using like a temperature going on my forehead or whether I'm just a bit hot. Is there like an easy point in the day to tell or is there a, a specific, like, what, do you know what I mean? Yeah, the main, the main way is, is to check your temperature to be quite honest. Um, but if you start to feel like you're going hot, cold, hot, cold, you're suddenly, you know, trying to put on loads of clothes, asking why, um, asking for the heating to be put on and then suddenly be, being the complete opposite, uh, waking up in, the in a sweat in the middle of the night is often a, a good is a sign because it's a sign your body is trying to fight something, it's trying to detoxify. Um, so those are two indicators prior to then having a raised temperature. Okay. Um, so we've, I know in a little bit we're going to come on to, um, you know, we've kind of started talking about turmeric and I know we're going to kind of move on to herbs, spices and, and other types of food and, and vitamins and stuff like that. Um, just before we get there, do you want to talk a little bit about um, gut health in terms of, you know, what we can do? We, one of the, we've talked about one of the physical defences being our digestive system, along with things like our respiratory system and our skin and stuff like that. What, what sort of role and how do we promote gut health in a, in a, with a filter of kind of wellness versus sickness? 100%. So our digestive system plays a huge, huge role um, in our immunity. Uh, I've already touched upon the fact it's one of those, um, it's one of our physical barriers, so it's part of our um, first line defence. Um, and uh, a peer of mine described the digestive system really well as it's almost like having the outside inside you. So actually within you've got this tube which runs from your mouth all the way down to your anus and actually that's technically the outside of you 
inside of you. And that's like a human ring donut. Exactly like that. <laughs> Just a very, very long one. Simplicity. Um, 100%. It's a really, really good analogy. Um, and so the more we can support um, that, that ring within the donut, um, the better. So the, there's two key sides within that. Um, there's actually the structural integrity of the wall um, that defends us from, from the the inside of our body um, and the epithelial layer, the innermost layer of that, or which, which is that defense, that first line of defense is actually only one cell thick. So it's really, really thin. Uh, and when it's under a lot of stress um, through poor lifestyle choices, through being run down, um, the, if you think of it as a wall, the brickwork or the cells, can start to, to loosen, can start to pull free, and you develop, can develop gaps within uh, that, that mucosal barrier. And that reduces your body's ability to protect you from, from, from pathogens, from bacteria, from foreign invaders, um, in many different ways, not just in sort of winter colds and flus. Um, so the more we can strengthen um, that up, the, the better, um, which I'll talk about shortly in a little analogy, I think. Um, and then the other side of that is just the, um, the huge army that we have actually sitting within our digestive system, which is um, our good bacteria or our microbiome. So if you think about the inside of your digestive system, you have lots and lots and lots of different bacteria, like thousands upon thousands. Um, and those are made up of good bacteria, but also bad bacteria. So if you think of something like E. coli, I think we think of that as bad, but that is really common within our digestive system. What we need to make sure is that we don't have too much of the bad stuff and we're able to really help the, the good bacteria to thrive because that is so key in keeping us really strong and healthy. The, there is so much research going on about, about the role of our microbiome um, in immune, within our immunity, but also our brain health, our lung health, um, our hormone or hormone health. So that it really, interconnects with absolutely everything so keeping that really really healthy is really key to making sure we're, we are, are strong and resilient throughout the winter so what I really love is a really good way of, of, of um, sort of another analogy really is how chicken soup is good for our soul uh, it's just such a common like wives tale but actually there's so much truth in that dish that we just think of like oh meal, i'll have some chicken soup uh, but within there you've got some really well if it's a, a really good hearty homemade one with lots of veg a, a traditional chicken soup would have been made with a, a homemade chicken broth and um james has already mentioned collagen um but by really um letting those um that chicken carcass brew and boil down, it releases all the collagen, which is high in uh, a really great amino acid um, called L-glutamine. And that is one of our key building blocks um, to keeping that, that mucosal barrier, that wall of defense, nice and strong. Um, and then within that chicken soup, you'd also have some really good, obviously, chicken for protein to, to support repair. Um, you know, whilst we're fighting a cold, um, our body is in a, in a micro way going through some trauma and our body's ability to fight that and repair that is really key using building blocks of protein. So those amino acids. And then finally in that great, amazing chicken soup, you can have loads of veg, which is chock full of um, different types of fiber, um, which can really help to feed that bacteria. Um, and keep it really nice and strong so it can fight off all those bugs nice so if if, <clears throat> if i wanted to go home and make a, a real nice chicken broth or just pile a load of stuff in my slow cooker overnight what's the what's your like top three or four like i need a vegetable bias from you now what's your what's <laughs> three or four vegetables to chuck in there so one of my key sort of things with clients if if they're meat eaters that's yeah. is to just you know get a ro like get a roast weekly and buy just a really good 
good piece of meat be that a chicken for example go organic splash out if you if you have the means to do it do it enjoy that as a roast and then use everything afterwards so get get your slow cooker pop in the whole carcass just chuck the load in skin and all um fill it up with some fil really not, some filtered water and then you're going to want definitely some garlic in there we'll probably talk a little bit more about garlic later um but again garlic is is has been shown in lots of studies to yeah fight um viruses particularly um so yeah garlic loads of herbs just yeah you can chuck lots of different types of herbs and whatever suits you a, a bouquet garni would be really good so things like thyme oregano um those again have been shown to reduce inflammation rosemary um and then yeah just lots of veg what you what you've got really so just think about a rainbow as much color as possible so try and put like five veg in each with a different color um, because those colors are different antioxidants which can do play different roles in defending our body right. okay because I've, I've heard the you know when people talk about fruit and veg eat the rainbow i've heard heard that referred to previously and it, it's good to understand and you know it might sound fairly simple but it's good to understand that each of those colors almost represent a different different benefit to the body which is cool absolutely and i think you know supplements play such a key role but this essentially the science is showing that we don't know just quite how amazing the role of of the nutrients within vegetables are and you know i love this time of year for cooking up soups and stews because actually it's a time where you can chuck lots of things in together but then they work together in their own way and by putting in one thing it can help the absorption of a nutrient from another thing so yeah soups and stews are so easy to make especially when you've got a slow cooker definitely invest in one if you haven't got one um and just yeah letting stuff boil down whilst you're at work um and just doing all that goodness without even thinking is just an absolute no-brainer oh, a bit of vegetable synergy in the slow cooker Love it. yeah exactly you're all about the analogies today james um okay so I, I, I want to come back to um, kind of the, the, the more in-depth nutritional stuff in a minute. You, you've touched on um, the role that stress can play in kind of lowering our defences. And I know previously in some podcasts that we've done, you've talked about how the gut can influence, you know, the rest of the body and, and emotion and stuff like that. Do you mind just revisiting that? ever so slightly for us just talking about how you know how stress can impact our um, immunity yeah so our um brain and our gut are actually linked via a nerve called the vagus nerve um so the two really play in so um when we're we're stressed um be that physical or emotional it will send a signal um to our digestive system so stress the first thing to say is stress isn't always bad and um, there is a really key role for stress and that's sort of the, the primal role of us being able to run from a, a predator um, which we we don't do so much these days there's less running running after running away from tigers um, but more the daily stresses of things like I don't know a hectic work, workload dealing with children um, just the worry of, of all these winter bugs um, can cause stress and can cause ongoing stress. And um, that link between the brain and the gut um, can have an effect on our, on our microbiome. So there's good bacteria and uh, can really actually change the balance of it, um, which can then have a negative effect of, on our immune system. And um, so it's yeah, really common if, if you're stressed and you're not sleeping, that's another key key area for your immune system to be lowered. Um, what I would say is if you're someone who has a heavy training load or just a really, uh, yeah, really hectic schedule, if you're feeling really, really, really stressed, um, just be really mindful of like overdoing it, especially at this time when there's so many bugs prevalent because it is just those, those invaders, those foreign invaders are gonna will take advantage of it massively um, so yeah just trying to and it's not it's not easy it's easier said than done but trying to yeah just get enough rest 
try not to take on too much um and yeah just supporting um yeah your own physical and emotional stress can can play a huge role in, in immunity and i guess the other side of it is is actually oxidative stress so that's the stress within inside us um so uh our um our cells uh, essentially um, can, ox um, can oxidize and that can be uh, a negative thing. So um, it's really key to have things like antioxidants such as vitamin C, um, which is known as an antioxidant, which can actually help reduce that, that oxidative stress. Okay, nice. thank you. And I know you know, we've talked about it in previous episodes with you, and I know there's been a couple of other podcasts specifically on stress management. Um, episode 20, which was, I think, back in March, is, is quite a useful one for, um, I guess, managing, understanding stress, understanding how to manage it, understanding the impact it has. But yeah, it's a really good point. Like, you reference, I guess, the natural instinct that the body has you know running away from tigers etc obviously the modern day equivalent of stress is very different as you've said but when the body is is looking to preserve itself and keep itself safe its ability to reproduce its ability to digest food it doesn't want to waste energy doing those things if it's trying to use all its energy to run away from a tiger or to you know not get attacked by whatever it might be or to the modern day equivalent to focus on delivering a speech on a conference call you know its ability to reproduce and digest food etc all become quite irrelevant so it's it's an interesting way to think about things moving back then towards you, you said something earlier and my simple brain went in a very specific direction and maybe you can add some understanding of of, of this for me so you used the phrase good bacteria and i instantly thought of the actimel advert is that is that just like marketing or the i'm you know i'm assuming there's obviously something to it but is is there is there more to it than it being kind of a catchy marketing line like what do they mean so so actimel is one example of um a probiotic food so it was when they've they've essentially it's live yogurt uh, so it's yogurt that is fermented and cultured with um with bacteria which then grows and pro proliferates. There are thousands of different strains of bacteria within our digestive system um, and our mucosal linings. Um, and so little is known about the role of each of those. So we are at the tip of the iceberg with knowing exactly how, how many different types of bacteria and how many colonies of those bacteria there are. But what we do know is uh, a lot of them can be incredibly beneficial to our health. So Actimel um, has been used, like the, the beauty of things like Actimel is that they're, they've got quite um, big, they're made by big companies who are able to do studies on them, which is fantastic. And so they've been able to show that um, the specific bacteria that they use in theirs can help to reduce the duration of, of flu-like illnesses. But I would say for Actimel, the main um, strain of bacteria in there is called Lactobacillus. Um, and that has been shown really, one of the, the key things of that is it's, it's in the most different areas of our, it's not probably the most, but it's in a high concentration of areas within our body. Um, so it's a really key bacteria. Um, so things like live yogurt are really rich in it because they, yeah, they thrive off that, that um, milk sh sugar essentially lactose um and it is amazing for 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 if you've got yeah if you feel feeling run down i would absolutely recommend getting yourself some live yogurt if, if you are feeling like you're going down with a cold um to bring it into your daily um diet be that with dairy or, or non-dairy um kefir is getting more and more popular and that's essentially even more cultured so it's yeah really it's got a, a much higher sort of fermentation and so it's really rich in, in those lactobacillus strains um and yeah it's fantastic for immune health yeah I've, I've started seeing kefir a lot more in like on supermarket shelves as like a, a bottled drink in you know your Sainsbury's, your Waitrose, Tesco's, etc. It's it's definitely 
becoming a lot more common. So actually, that's I'm glad you touched on that because my understanding of it is limited. 100%. So it's just yeah, richer in those live cultures. Um, you know, again, it's a funny thing. I've already talked about old wives tales, but it's, you know, one of those traditional foods. It's eaten, it's drunk and eaten a lot in, in um, Eastern Europe. And, you know, they've been, you know, living by it for ages and now it's become incredibly popular. Um, you can also make it yourself. It's really easy to get, um, like, to buy strains, kefir, um, they call kefir grains actually and you can make both milk kefir but you can also make water kefir which is really delicious um and it's really really simple to do so it's worth if it's something that interests you especially if you're looking for natural remedies to fight um these winter winter bugs uh, kefir is definitely a way forward and it can be used for but and is suitable for um dairy tolerant and non-dairy tolerant um people nice all right that's cool thanks I guess then now feels like a good time linking on from that. We've touched a little bit on turmeric. You've, you've talked briefly about garlic and, and you know, fermented foods and, and actima and kefir and stuff like that. So what, what I guess is the, the rundown, how, how should I be thinking about adjusting my weekly shop as we move into winter? What's the, what, what are the other stuff or the, you know, to revisit stuff like garlic and, you know, what, what are the things I need to be putting on my shop first? A little winter well, wellness first aid kit. What would be nice is we have this all, all year round as well. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, it's definitely starting with like eating that rainbow. Um, so either supermarket or where possible, also just going for the veg, like veg boxes are really popular now, um, but it's a really good way of, of um, making sure you're getting getting veg um but they tend to be organic as well um question yep is there a does it matter how i cook the veg like let's say i buy a whole load of veg can i can i make it less effective in the way i prepare it versus more effective uh yes you can <laughs> um so i would say overboiling vegetables is a bad idea one they don't taste very nice but you two you taste to like leach you'll leach the nutrients into the water yeah. um especially if you then throw that water away it's not so bad if you obviously boil veg but then use the water you could use that water in the stock and then you'll still have those nutrients so steaming vegetables is a really good way of um retaining nutrients um also things like roasting veg um with um an oil or a fat substance fat essentially so butter um i'm going to say this and everyone's going to go butter i can't have butter um but something like butter and olive oil um butter in moderation it is a saturated fat so you can overdo it but it's also if you buy a really beautiful organic grass-fed butter it should be really really yellow and the reason it is yellow is that vitamin a content with it um which gives it that yellow pigment so if you that vitamin A is really key to supporting our to supporting our immune system. Um, so having that roasting that with your veg or cooking veg with that actually helps not only to boost your vitamin A content but also to to help you absorb the nutrients from the, the vegetables too. So it's a really good way if you're roasting veg, a bit of oil or a little bit of butter can help to support absorption of nutrients. Um, so yeah, key areas. And then again, I've already mentioned about like soups and stews are just such a great way to really um, get loads of nutrients in there, especially as they have that time to sort of um, to, to mix together and to create, as you nicely stated, that synergy of nutrients too. So a really good way way to cook. Um, what does um why why garlic? You talked about garlic earlier on. What's garlic got going for it? Yep, so um, garlic has a um, quite a number of different compounds, but the, the main compound that is known to be beneficial is called alanine, uh, and that has been um, shown uh, to be antiviral. Um, so you can buy it as a supplement in capsule form to get a higher strength, but I, I think it's beautiful just using it um, in all of your cooking. Um, and especially if you are, feel like you're coming down with something, um or you're fighting something just making sure you're putting chocolates of it into to everything you're eating some people choose to eat it raw uh, obviously that then creates um 
the dilemma of whether you want to to be around other people because obviously it creates bad breath um and it's not for everyone uh, but just making sure you can put it into uh, lots of your cooking is is really good the same with lots of other herbs and spicing spices culinary herbs are just can be so beneficial and the more sort of I say chopped and fresh ones are great, but dried ones can also be good and they're a really cost-effective way to boost uh, your nutrient status and food. Um, so again, you know, especially at this time of year, things like rosemary and roasts, again, is a, it's an antiviral, it's anti-inflammatory, it's a really uh, amazing hardy herb that I just love. Uh, it's definitely one um, to yeah, include uh, into some of those uh, winter, winter dishes. Um, if, you only, um, if you could only have three herbs slash spices in your cupboard, what three would you have? That's so hard. Uh, cinnamon, nice. rosemary, yeah. turmeric. Okay, nice. nice. Definitely. I can't have cinnamon buns without cinnamon, so I'm really yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cinnamon um, is amazing. <laughs> uh, so following on from that, Vicky, obviously top three for you is really tough. Um, I'm conscious that there are what probably feels like a, a rather overwhelming number of nutrients that people should and could try and have in their diets. What would be your top 10 and what's the easiest way for people to get those into their diets? Um, I think the, the key thing is just making sure you've got a really abundant diet with lots of variety. Uh, I think there's more and more like recommendations of how many fruit and veg we should get in per day, um, ranging from like five like fruit and vegetable portions per day to 10. Um, but just, yeah, trying to get between five and eight different vegetables or what we say 30 different um, plant foods um, per week can really support getting that lots of variety into our diet with all with lots of different nutrients and some of the key nutrients which I've already talked to, talked about what well, I'll go into a little bit more um, would be abundant in that variety that broad spectrum diet so things like I've already mentioned about vitamin A so we have two two types of vitamin A we have um, an active vitamin A which is the vitamin A that we get um, within animal food it, animal food um, so such um, such as in liver uh, eggs contain it um, that grass-fed butter that really nice yellow butter um, that's um, our, our retinol um, so that's a really key way of, of it's a really key player in um, helping with our immune system functions. Uh, the non-active form of that is beta carotene, which we see in our carrots, uh, but also in those sort of, think about like those autumn root veg, uh, so butternut squash as well. Um, and our body needs to convert those. So where they are also really beneficial um, because there's lots of different color and our body is pretty good at converting these things. Um, but as I mentioned about sort of if you're roasting some veg, put, putting some olive oil on them as well helps to absorb those key nutrients. So it's a really key way to do it. And I think, yeah, just looking back on those sort of traditional diets as well is always key when we're thinking about immunity. And um, there's definitely some uh, theory behind, you know, having that like really good quality uh, organic and grass fed meat uh, and, and dairy products, which are gonna be much richer in colour and higher in those nutrients. Um, what I would say um, is if you don't think you're going to get enough through your diet and are going to opt for um, a supplement with vitamin A, try and build it into a daily multi um, and sticking to something like a, the beta carotene, if you look down the nutrient status, um, as your preferred source. Um, and then just look for that retinol um, through your diet. The reason for this is it's fat soluble and you can actually overdo it. Um, you can have too much of it supplementally. So I'd say, yeah, have it as part of a multi so you don't have too much of a good thing. 
on a note of things you can have more of, <laughs> vitamin C. So I think we think of vitamin C as soon as we think of fighting infection. And yeah, vitamin C is that key antioxidant. So I've already talked about um, the, the oxidation that occurs within our cells. It's also really anti-inflammatory. It really supports um, collagen formation and that, that structure integrity of our um, mucosal barriers, those, that, that wall that's defending our are the inside of our body from um, that that ring <laughs> ring of our donut that digestive system yeah. within our digestive system, um, and yeah, vitamin C is a, a really powerful antioxidant, and it has been shown in numerous studies to shorten the duration of colds and prevent um, other conditions. Um, vitamin C. Before we move on to other available vitamins, um, can you have too much? So the reason I ask this question is because I love a, like a I get I get a bit of stick for having like pints of orange juice, and like I'll take like a vitamin C tablet in the morning with a pint of orange juice and like wash it down with like a Barocca. The moment you put something like Barocca into my fitness pal, it tells you you've just had two thousand percent of your recommended daily allowance of vitamin C. Like, is there a point where it just becomes useless to the body, or is there no no nothing? <clears throat> It's, it's quite hard to overdose on vitamin C. So the key thing is, and you know, I mentioned this within vitamin A, vitamin A is what we known as a, a fat soluble vitamin, whereas vitamin C is a water soluble vitamin. And what that essentially means is it kind of flushes through your body. Um, so actually, you know, you can take some in the morning, but you'll, you'll eventually pee it out. Yeah. Um, so having, topping up that vitamin C and, you know, as it goes through your body and, uh, you know, works to, to support your cells and fighting infection. Um, you, you just need to constantly top that up. So actually, I think our recommended RDA is about 200 milligrams. But especially if you've got, if you're fighting infection or the onset of cold, you can, you can really take quite a lot more of that uh, than that. Um, so I have to be pretty careful here as a <laughs> therapist talking um but it wouldn't be it wouldn't have an be negative to have such as four grams of vitamin c if you are feeling unwell uh just because it's really going to help with that load and you know a really good form and and low cost supplement of vitamin c is ascorbic acid um so that you get in your effervescent vitamin c's or your chewable vitamin c's and yeah like four grams you're not going to see any side effects from that and it's going to really help with with building um that immunity some therapists even recommend going to essentially what we call saturation. So you, you can have too much vitamin C. So if you were to have like absolutely tons of it, you'd start to get a bit of stomach discomfort um, and you'd probably get the squits to be quite honest is the best way to uh, explain it. Um, so actually therapists have been um, known to recommend finding out what that tolerance is and building up to that when you're in um, like a, a state where your body is is really fighting something. That said, I would be cautious and prudent not to go that high, but yeah, certainly something like four, four grams is fine. The other thing you can do, which I'm a huge fan of, is something called liposomal vitamin C as a supplement. Um, so again, it's basically, it's essentially like making a water soluble vitamin, fat soluble. So uh, they, the supplement companies blend the vitamin C into um, a form of fat. So it's often sunflower oil because it doesn't taste very different. And that helps your cells to really absorb the vitamin C. So it is much more potent. So um, yeah, it's becoming more popular as well. You can actually get it in, in boots, I think now, which is, is amazing. And definitely one, I think, is there to be used when you're really feeling unwell. Um, liposomal vitamin C is really key. Okay. Just always check on the back when you're buying vitamin C as a supplement, as well as obviously having it lots of different color and variety uh, in your diet. Um, try and buy it with zinc. So it should have um, a small amount of zinc with it in the supplement because that zinc, which is a, a mineral, can really help support the absorption of that vitamin C. Uh, so even if you're buying liposomal, look, look at the back of it and see, right, it's Missy with zinc. The two work together very well. 
What's, the, what's next on your vitamin list? <laughs> on my vitamin list. Um, so we did, I'm, I'm going for the ABCs basically of vitamins. Vitamin D, so I've already mentioned vitamin D, um, but it's really key player when it comes to uh, winter wellness. So essentially our body um, produces its own vitamin D and that's by converting a pigment in our skin into to, to that vitamin D using sunshine. Now, in one, in many different ways, we've been essentially locked up for the last two years. So it's been, in su for some people, harder to actually get as much exposure to sunlight as possible. We also haven't been going out and going away for those lovely summer holidays. So we haven't been able to convert as much. And um, that, but with, you know, a lot of people have been struggling with different viruses, be that COVID or just now, common colds and flus. Um, so our body, perhaps is yeah has hasn't been able to build up as much vitamin d uh, reserves as possible to get through the winter so as a nutritional ther therapist i always recommend that people test for their vitamin d status because i think it gives a really good idea of what your current levels are and if you need if you should supplement with it um but um as a therapist, I can now recommend uh, a daily dose of 400 IU. Um, again, it's, it's a fat-soluble vitamin, so you can overdo it. That's why in the past I would never have recommended just blindly supplementing with vitamin D. But a daily dose, if you haven't tested now, of 400 IU is perfectly safe um, to support yeah, that, that vitamin D um, status, which can really help increase our, our body's resilience to fight infection. Um, yeah, those winter colds and flus, but also things like our emotional well-being as well. Vitamin D has really been um, shown to be a key player in our moods, uh, and we definitely need that at this time of year. Um, so yeah, vitamin D is definitely one for my my uh, vitamin toolbox. Um, I've already mentioned zinc as well. You know, I said about how zinc is really uh, supportive, uh, supports the absorption of vitamin C, but zinc is definitely a key. Uh, mineral when it comes to fighting infection and just for when yeah you're really dealing with suppressed immune the depressed suppressed immune system the thing about zinc as a mineral is it's actually really hard to get through food the higher source of it is in oysters and i don't know very many people who eat oysters on a daily basis um if you're someone who eats um a mainly plant-based diet as well it's significantly harder to get it than in an animal-based diet. Pumpkin seeds are known to be quite a high source of it, but we don't tend to eat a huge amount of pumpkin seeds in one go. So it's another one, if you're really feeling unwell, um, it, it can be useful to supplement with zinc and supplement with it with vitamin C as well. Yeah. Um, Another key mineral for immune status would be selenium. This is one I do think you can get for your diet, and it's a good ex if you can tolerate them. Uh, it's a good exact good reason to have Brazil nuts in your diets. Just two Brazil nuts are essentially your recommended RDA of, of selenium, which is so key uh, in supporting our immune status. So yeah, just build those in into your snacks. Um, again, they're quite high in high in fat, so I wouldn't recommend eating an entire like large bag of them but yeah two is certainly um fine for for just yeah supporting immunity and just general overall health um and then i get sort of more into like the slightly more complicated nutrients i'd say so um we talked we've i've already spoken about the role of vitamin c as an antioxidant but our key antioxidant we actually make ourselves. so uh, our key defender it's called glutathione and it's this incredible incredible compound that our body is able to make itself but when fighting a lot um, of foreign invaders and just dealing with maybe ill health or um, even you know just as our as we get older, um, some additional support support through a supplement can help. So you can get that through something called um, N-acetylcysteine, or even now um, you can supplement with glutathione directly. And that has a huge role uh, as an antioxidant um, and within our immune system, and also just 
reducing our sort of aging to in, in a way so if that is you know if you really are feeling like you're really run down or you're someone who's struggled with covid over the last couple of years uh, that's one that actually it might be a good idea to to supplement with and definitely is worth coming to have a chat with me about uh, and we, i could look to see how we could support you through that because it yeah I, you can see really beneficial results when it's required right. thinking about things we can have through natural and foods though. Uh, if you like mushrooms, they're a really good way of absor uh, helping our immune status uh, and something called a beta-glucan, which is a compound within mushrooms, um, has been shown in thousands and thousands of studies now to support our immune status. So yeah, one to bring into your winter wellness um, is just, yeah, getting a variety of mushrooms. Um, and it's, again, mushrooms and medicinal mushrooms are now quite popular within the nutritional world and also within the athletic world as well. <clears throat> So you'll be seeing more and more of these things uh, as they're used to really support strength, immunity, relaxation, uh, and just, yeah, helping our overall health. So look out for those. They're going to be, yeah, they'll be the next coconut water. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, just building back on, on things like making sure we're having enough fibre in our diet. We've talked about veg quite a lot um, as an antioxidant form eating that rainbow um, and one of the the nutrients within that um, or compounds are, are flavonoids um, because they're high in something called quercetin uh, or quercetin is a flavonoid um, and those have been really beneficial in protecting us and supporting our immune system particularly with things like seasonal um, immune um, issues if that were um such a hay fever question can be really beneficial for that just as much as fighting winter, winter wellness the other side of making sure we've got those antioxidants and flavonoids in our veggies is that fiber uh, which is there to support that beneficial bacteria so we the two go side by side uh, our we have this huge microcosm of, of bacteria within our digestive system that they all need to eat and they all want to eat something different. So the more <laughs> veggies and the more different veggies we can get, not only are we in boosting those, those um, nutrients, uh, but we're also giving that, that um, gut bacteria uh, a really healthy um, sort of food source as well. So they all get, all get the food they like. Right. If, if you're someone who, again it's really focusing on like helping with winter wellness um uh, and don't eat much probiotic food a probiotic supplement can be useful i would certainly recommend trying to get it through food form first so fermented foods again are getting more popular so things like kefir we've already talked about live yogurt but also sauerkraut has become much more popular these days and you can make it really easy at home. Kimchi, if you like Japanese food, um, they yeah, can all be really good sources of, of, um, of bacteria and lots of different ranges of bacteria. Um, but a supplement uh, you can get is you just can really also help to build on that. Um, what I would say if you're looking to supplement with a with bacteria with probiotics is to look for one which is really multi-strain so to get to give you as much variety as possible so that they can all support the different roles and really looking at overall health um as, as opposed to just focusing on one thing is there one that you would recommend in particular and then Yes, and I'm not sponsored by them, I promise. <laughs> um, I am a really big fan of BioCults, um, Advanced Multi-Strain Probiotic. Um, it's just, from my point of view, it's just a really uh, versatile supplement. So it's, you don't have to worry about keeping it in the fridge. You can buy it from Boots, um, but it's really multi-strain and it has lots, lots of different strains of it. Um, so yeah, I would definitely recommend if you're just someone who hasn't got any health upset to have at this time of year, it, it would be prudent to have, yeah, one, one capsule a day. I haven't talked much, much about how immunity at night is key, but have taking that supplement before bed is a really 
good time to take it because that is when our immune system is doing the most work. So that's the other reason if we're not getting enough sleep, our immune system doesn't have the time to do the work it wants. Uh, and so, yeah, that can stop us fighting off infection too. And then the final one, which is kind of high on my radar at the moment, is just making sure we're getting enough iron in our diets. Plant-based diets are becoming much more popular. And also things like women's health as well. So, um, and trauma, just we've been fighting lots of bugs over the last couple of years. That, that trauma, of, if you're someone who has fought COVID, um, could, you know, have reduced um uh, your iron status and the same as if you're someone who perhaps as, as a woman maybe has high um, has heavy periods again that blood loss could reduce um, could lead to anemia um, so if you as someone who's maybe feeling that you're constantly tired you're looking pale you're maybe your immune system isn't as good as it once might be maybe that is could be a sign that maybe your iron status isn't as good as, as it could be which is so key in in really helping uh, to fight infection uh, and just keeping us really physically strong um, and resilient so it's just one I think is worth really thinking about at the, or sort of considering at this time when there's so much going around just making sure your iron status uh, is is strong so that we can really help to defend ourselves. Right. Thanks, Rick. On um, on the point that Ellie made a minute ago, asking if you had any recommendations for probiotics, have you got any, you referred earlier on to being able to get a couple of vitamins from a daily multi. Have you got a particular go-to that seems to be quite good or is it, is, is, is it much of a muchness across the range? With multis, um, just like it is with specific ones, I there are a lot of different multis out there. So actually, and this is one of the reasons, plug here for me, um, <laughs> I do a supplement protocol um, because actually there I would recommend a specific multi um, for a different person. So for example, you James, as, as a male, I would probably direct you towards more as a specifically male targeted multivitamin, just so it really plays into the, the nutrients you need, as opposed to what I might recommend Ellie, um, who needs even more of other, other nutrients. And then also just playing into other factors that you might need. So there's, yeah, at this stage, no, I wouldn't recommend one. Um, but I would say if you are looking to buy one off the shel shelf, just yeah, look to make sure it's it's hitting those key RDAs. Yeah, that's great. It, it's definitely got me thinking a little bit more about what I what I could slash should take when I take it. You know, the point you made about actually taking something like that, you know, like a probiotic before bed. You know, you're about to sleep and recover for hopefully seven, eight hours, and you're probably going to be most active in terms of your body's recovery so actually feeding into it at that point it's it's easy to i guess think about getting up in the morning doing everything then and even even vitamin c like if i have loads of vitamin c first thing in the morning actually fairly obvious now you point it out but I, if i've flushed all that out by like mid-morning and then i don't take on anything else really because I, i'm going about my day going you know with the with the thought process that i had loads for breakfast i'll be fine actually if I'm not keeping it topped up, is it as effective as I think it is? Probably not. So it's really, it's really interesting to hear you talk about that. I think that's, and also, you know, that's, that's why food form really should always come first because, you know, they, they work together. So you're not gonna, you know, it's not so much about like, right, I'm taking a specific targeted nutrient, which is going to work now. And it has to, you know, and I can have it on its own. If you're having a really good broad spectrum diet, I'm not saying you should that supplements then are absolutely useless because they're not and you know a lot about what I do is about supporting targeted supplementation but it it definitely provides that real like well well-roundedness to make sure you're getting those nutrients and they're doing the right thing and then we can top those up with maybe some specific targeted support that works together. Cool. I, I won't lie there's been a concerningly low amount of talk about barbecued meats so I'm going to potentially revisit my, uh, my, my weekly, my weekly meal plan. Um, I think we'll leave it there, Rick. That's, that's been really insightful. I think we've covered quite a lot of stuff in considering the amount of stuff we've covered in a relatively small amount of time. So thank you for breaking it all down and, and making sense of it for, for everybody. As always team, we 
really value hearing your opinions. So if you've got anything that you want to hear Vicky go a little bit deeper on, if you've got any questions about any of the stuff that Vicky's mentioned, I'll put all our Instagram links in the, the show notes. So if you want to drop Vicky an Instagram message, you'll be able to get in touch with her on there. We've got a couple of previous episodes from both with Vicky about, you know, immune, the immune system and, and varying approaches to nutrition. We've got a couple of episodes on stress. Uh, we touched briefly on periods. You know, we've got an episode all about talking about periods. So there, there's a whole, I think we're, I think this is episode 31 or 32. So there's a whole list of episodes that feed into a lot of the things we've talked about today. Vicky, as always, thank you so much for your thought, your preparation, your insight. It's, it's incredibly valuable and obviously for your time as well, sitting here chatting to us about it. Ellie, thank you for joining us. And team, we will see you all again soon. Have a lovely day.